Father's house, our prayer is that you would be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Blake Ramey. This is one of those points coming up next, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Jesus became your sin. When he stepped out of heaven, you know, the Bible tells us cursed is a man who hangs on a tree. Jesus was willing to take the curse of sin. He was willing to become the sacrifice for our sin. And even though that we are all imperfect, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, He still was longing after us. He was still willing to take our struggle and our weakness upon Him and carry it to the cross simply so that I could have a relationship with Him on a daily basis. And I'm thankful that He stepped out of heaven and things like... I'm, I'm so... I cannot express... And I was talking to Pastor Odie. I can't express how this word really makes me feel. And I'll go ahead and say what I was telling Pastor Odie. But all I want you guys to realize today and all that I'm really preaching about is I want you to understand the reality of the gospel. I want you to understand how real it is. It's more real than the building, than everything we see. It's that real. That's what I want you to understand, and I'm probably going to leave these notes and... Forgive me if that like breaks your traditional thinking or something like that. But, you know, I'm tired of tradition. Jesus didn't die so I could have a traditional church service or something like that. I want you to understand the reality of the price that was paid so you could have a personal relationship with him. Do you not understand the price that was paid so that your prayers could be as incense before the throne of God, the creator and maker of heaven and earth. That blows me away. That blows me away that heaven stands still when me, somebody imperfect, made of dirt, and I got some things wrong in my life and things like that. It blows me away that everything else silences. Nothing else catches his attention when I call upon his name. And when I call upon his name, his hand immediately goes forth. And there's no hesitation. It blows me away about how real, about how real the price, about how real everything that you read about in Scripture. Sometimes I feel like we don't understand how real and how relatable it is to our lives. I really don't. Luke 22 verse 44 says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This is something. Don't get me wrong, I thank God that Jesus died on the cross and things like that. And all these other things that he did for us. But this one has always uh, caught my attention. And it's always, it's just always stuck out to me. But it's when he was in the garden and he was praying and his sweat became as drops of blood. And it blows me away, you know, because I'm the type that if I mess up, if I sin or something like that, uh, and I shouldn't, and I pray and things like that, but sometimes I just feel like I can't get that weight and that burden off of me. 
and sometimes I can personally say, you know, it's been hard to me for forgiving myself sometimes when I know for a fact that I didn't obey God or I messed up here and there, things like that. But this has always amazed me. As he was praying in the garden, that literally the weight of the world was on his shoulders. Every struggle, every sin, every mess up, and every mistake committed not just by you, but by the entire world was put on his back. That amazes me. There's enough in my life alone. I'm not talking about all the people in this room. The entire, every human that has ever stepped on the face of planet earth, every sin, every mess up, every mistake, every struggle, every up and down of their life was placed on his shoulders. He poured out blood for you before he even went to the cross. For you. If it was just you, I'm not talking to the person sitting next to you this morning. I'm not talking about what Jesus did for them, the one beside of you this morning. I'm talking about what he did for you. I might have to say something a little bit earlier than what I wanted to, but if I do, that'll be okay. That sin that you committed when no one else was around, You were the only one there. He saw and he still took the sin of the world on his shoulders. He did it knowing that people would reject him. He did it knowing that sometimes we would reject his grace and his forgiveness. And he took it anyway. He took it willingly. And there was no hesitation because he said it was worth it. And listen, every single drop of blood that Jesus poured out and everything that he did, he says it's worth it. For if it was just you, it's completely worth it. Isaac, I don't care how many times I mess up or you mess up or whoever else might mess up, how many ups and downs, no matter how much you struggle, no matter how weak you may seem, he says it was worth it because let me tell you something, his strength can be made perfect in my weakness. Y'all are a little bit quiet. Like I thought y'all would get excited about Jesus. But I guess if I'm the only one, that's perfectly fine. I mean, it's whatever. Isaiah 53 verse 5. I'm going to read this, and it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with this stripes we are healed. He was beaten and he was bruised for us. He allowed his body to go through undeserved and brutal beating and punishment for us to have peace, to be healed. I'm so glad that he is my Prince of Peace. I'm so glad that through my relationship with him, I can have peace because he was beaten and bruised. And he didn't deserve it. Yet again, he still, he was willing to go through all this simply so that I could have a relationship with him. The The most valuable thing in heaven, the Son of God, stepped out of heaven. He left all of his deity. He took the weight of the sin of the whole world, the entire world. He was beaten and bruised. He carried his own cross. 
It amazes me. Let me tell you something. He has taken our punishment to defeat sickness. He's taken our punishment to defeat sin. And listen, when he was beaten and bruised for our peace, that means there should be no room for worry, no room for fear. And me personally, I've dealt with fear and things like that and doubt, but I shouldn't. Because let me tell you something, the blood of Jesus overcomes all that. Everything, when they was whipping his back and things like that, that overcame and that defeated every sickness, that defeated every disease. It defeated every doubt and every fear and every worry that should ever enter my life. John nineteen seventeen, And bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called... In Hebrew, Golgotha, I think I said that right. Did I? Okay. Uh, but, uh, so, this is where I actually, I'm, I have been preaching, but I'm going to, this is, I guess the best part, I guess. I don't know. Uh, forgive me. I, this word just excites me because it's knowing the price that was paid for me. You know what I mean? Jesus carried our punishment as his own. He tells us to deny ourselves and to bear our cross. And this is some, a point that I want to make. He did that exact thing. He did the exact thing that he told you to do. The exact thing that makes you a follower and a disciple of Jesus, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Jesus, he did that same thing. The cross should have been my punishment. He carried it. He carried it. He did exactly what he told you to do. He's not expecting you to do anything that he didn't do. He'll never make you do something that he didn't do. Instead, he empowers you to do what he did and empowers you to do what he desires. That that excites me. You know, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of me. And it empowers me to do what he did. It empowers me to work the miracles that he did. Jesus took our punishment so that we could partake of the promise and the reward of eternal life. I'm so thankful that I can spend eternity with the Father, with my Creator, whose heart longs and beats after me, who wages war for my soul, who wages war for my heart, and He will not lose. He never has and He never will. He is fighting for your heart. Don't you understand that when he left heaven, it was a declaration of war on the powers of sin and darkness. He declared war on every principality. He declared war on your behalf. And what excites me is it could have just been me. He is fighting for you. He is fighting on your behalf. Who is sin? What does sin think it has on the Savior of the world? I said, what does sin have? What does disease think it has against my Savior? Because he died for me, I'm going to jump. Well, I can jump. I'm not waiting till I get to heaven. Because he died so that I could have heaven now. Y'all be praying for me. 
John 19, 2, And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put on his head and put on him a purple robe. He became the king of kings when he wore the crown of thorns. Wanda, I believe, sings a song that says that, and that song was gone through my mind when I was reading this. The book of Proverbs will tell us that humility comes before honor. Jesus, he had humility before honor. He could have called the angels down. He could have got away from the cross, but he didn't. He was humble enough, even though he was a son. He was obedient, and he learned obedience. As we read in the book of... I believe it's the book of Hebrews that says, even though he was a son, he was subject to obedience. Took the nails in his hands and nails in his feet, that by his grace and by his love, I can be his hands and feet. That I can walk in the anointing that he walked in. That I can be the hands and the feet of Jesus to someone else. That I might be a part and be the embodiment of Him. Luke 23 verse 46. Try to hurry up and get out of the way. Because something that... And I believe that it's all already been setting up. But as I was praying, I feel like the Lord was saying that there's divine and appointed encounters today. If, uh, If we are willing to accept that He has a divine encounter for you. That is sent directly from heaven this day. And it wasn't a mistake that you're here. Luke 23, verse 46. Verse 46. And when Jesus cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said that, He gave up the ghost. Oftentimes I think when we think of what Jesus did and the price that was paid for our relationship with Him, whether you're lost right now or whether you've been saved for 20 years or whether you're struggling or not, oftentimes I believe the only price that we believe that he paid was his death. And there was so much more than his death. But I am thankful that he went to the cross. He died so that we could live. He died. He didn't die so that you would be bound. He didn't die so that you would be addicted. He didn't die so that you could be sick. He didn't die so you'd have a new struggle every other week. And he sure didn't die so that you could live in compromise. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't die so that I would be sick. He didn't die so I would be bound. But he sure didn't die that I would live in compromise. He did not die so I could be a half-hearted Christian. And if you are a half-hearted Christian, you are not a Christian. Go ahead and say it. If this is the only time you pray, is this, if you just lift your hands because the pastor tells you you are not going to make it. The Father don't want you just to come in here and lift your hands because you feel like you're supposed to. He don't want you to come in here and worship and praise because Pastor Odie or Pastor Brandon told you so. Now let me tell you something. He died so that your calling and so that your purpose, you can walk in it. So that you can walk in the plan and the vision that He has. Have you ever thought and wondered when you are living in compromise willingly, and your compromise might be different from someone else, whether it's you're talking how you shouldn't be or something completely different than that. Have you ever wondered when you are willingly living in compromise 
what you're doing and what you're saying to the blood of Jesus? Jesus died so you could walk this thing out. He died so that you could have His fire, that you could have the anointing. He died so the same Spirit that rests on the inside of Him would be on the inside of us. But I worry too much, but I've messed up too much. I'm addicted to pornography. I've lusted. I'm dealing with perversion. I've dealt drugs. I've been an alcoholic. I cuss too much. You know what those actions are saying? You know what compromise is saying to the gospel? It's looking at Jesus with blood running down His face. It's looking at Jesus with the crown of thorns wrapped around His head. And it's saying, I can't. This is the part of the message that got me. Your compromise, the way that you're living right now, if I just stopped everything, and right now Jesus was to come back, would He look at you and just think that the way you were living was looking at the price that He paid? So I can't. Church don't know how to repent. I'm fed up with compromise. He didn't die so he could have compromise. He didn't die so he could look at his at your calling. He didn't die so he could look at the will of heaven and say, "I can't." You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can't see the impossible because of your mistakes. The biggest miracle to me is that he takes a mess up people like us and uses us. Are y'all not thankful? Sometimes I don't. If I just look at some people's worship, I could not tell anything about their walk with God. That disgusts me. This normal Christianity, what is it? It's trash. It's useless. He didn't die so you could be normal. He died so you could walk in the anointing. He died so you could walk on fire. And He's not looking at your... Listen, the blood of Jesus was not poured out. You're telling me that the blood of the Son of Jesus was poured out and because of a few mistakes and bumps in the road, God's going to say, hey, can't cover that. Gordon Stacy was preaching here and he said something that stuck with me. And I don't know about you, but it stands for me. God is going to get what he paid for. I was bought and purchased with the blood of a lamb. With the lamb of God. He poured out his blood for me. And he's going to get every single ounce of blood that dripped out for me. He is going to get it back. If he died for me, I am going to live for him. Mark 16, 6. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. And behold the place where they laid him. Christ resurrected so that we can have life and power. He overcame so that we could overcome. He overcame sin. And therefore, if the same same spirit that 
raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of us, we can overcome sin. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I love it that when we went to the ramp and people would give testimonies, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And when you give your testimony, you're prophesying freedom from that exact thing over everybody else under the sound of your voice. And uh, today, uh, I'm going to have sort of two different altar calls, if that makes sense. But I'm going to be using two different verses. And uh, I want to get out of the way because, as I was saying, preaching is not going to change the world. Me standing up here is, is, it's small compared to the other field of ministries. When I go into school, when you go into work, that's a lot bigger than this in here. That's a lot bigger ministry. That's a lot bigger field to save souls. And there's a lot more people hurting and broken there. And trust me, you are not. God did not look. God did not send His Son, and Jesus did not take the crown of thorns. He did not sweat blood. He did not leave heaven. He did not become sin. He did not. He wasn't whipped across the back to look at you and say, "He or she is too broken. He or she is not good enough. I'm done with them." He did not do that to say that. It is. It is finished by the blood of the Lamb. It has the final say, the author and the finisher of my faith. Sometimes I just believe that because we refuse to take His story for our life, we just wander around and we try to write our own story and no wonder we get so broken because we reject what He did for us. We reject and we refuse to acknowledge the price that was paid and it goes so much farther than just the death. Matthew 27, verse 51. And worship team, if you guys would just come on. So y'all try to get... Let me go ahead and read this verse. So much. I can't describe in words. Matthew verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn into from the top. Hold on. To the bottom. If I can find my paper. And the earth shook and the rocks split. And uh, this is sort of the first altar call that I want to give. Some of you know that there's a distraction. Some of you know that there's a hindrance. Some of you know that you're not where you are with God. Some of you know that you're inconsistent. Some of you know that uh, the way that you're living right now, you're looking at the cross and you're saying, I can't. Uh, Some of you have a calling in people that you're around the other six days of a week they don't even know. Some of us preach, some of us sing, and I'm sure that there's multiple that cannot tell it and has no clue that we do because of how we live and how we talk. I'm not going to hold anything back this morning. Like, if this is the last thing I get to say to y'all, praise God. I I want the Word of God to cut you to your heart. Cut... Let it cut you away from the world now instead of cutting you from the kingdom of God later. But he tore the 
veil of the temple. He tore the veil of our lives and of our hearts. And our veil is whatever is separating us from God. And let me tell you something. You can be chosen and you can have a veil. The people of God, only only a couple of them were allowed to actually pass the veil. Things like that. So the normal person just couldn't come to the holy place and things like that. Let me tell you something. When that veil was ripped, you became the temple and you began to carry and you became the holy of holies. I don't know what your veil is. But it can be a worry, it can be doubt, it can be fear, it can be a lie. But when it's all said and done, whether you choose to take the access or not, as soon as Jesus died, the veil of your life was ripped down the middle. Some of us, I feel like we're just standing there staring at it like that's really cool. (laughs) And you're right, if you would actually go past it, it is really cool. It really is. Like, it blows your mind. I just get so... This is awesome. Okay? But Jesus is awesome. And I can't wait to see what all He wants to do. But I'm sorry if I've been a little bit random. Like, cause, like I said, I just can't really... The words that I have typed on these papers and things like that don't do it justice and cannot describe my desire, really. Christ knew what would separate us from him, so he was manifested to to destroy the works of the devil. And here's my last verse, and if you're happy that it is my last verse, good for you. If you're a normal Christian, uh, yeah, I I would rather get done right now and us pray till five than I preach till five this evening. That's perfectly fine. And uh, after this, forgive me, but I have a few things that I feel like the Lord was telling me in the place of prayer, and I feel like releasing it to you guys. But uh, Romans 8, verse 34, it says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Jesus did a lot for us on earth, and you can look at me and you can say, well, Blake, that was 2,000 years ago. What in the world does that have to do with me right now? Well, right now, He is interceding for you. Some of us are still living in compromise, and He died, and He took the crown of thorns to take that compromise away. And some of us are still allowing it in our lives. We're still allowing things. We're too inconsistent, whether it's an offense or something like that. Now, instead of dying for it, he is interceding for it. And what this is the thing that I want to see today at this altar call, and I don't care if it's just for one person. If it was one person, that is perfectly fine because, as I was saying, I believe that. I don't know who, but I believe someone needs to hear this. When we begin to get up here and we begin to proclaim and we begin to pray, if we pray in a line, I believe that we can proclaim the physical manifestation of the intercession of Christ today. And He's interceding for you, for your victory. Whatever your need is, fill in the blank. He is interceding for that thing. If you are lost, He is interceding for your salvation and He poured out His blood so that you could be saved. And His blood can cover all the sin of the world. 
Every person, there's enough blood. His blood is so powerful, it can wipe away every mistake and every mess up ever committed. Whether it was unrepented for or not. This is what I want to get, and I hope that this sticks out to you guys. But the Son of God is interceding at the right hand of the Father. This is what... We read that a a father, you know, a good father will not... He'll give exactly what his son asked for. The son is praying for you. You are his prayer request. You are what he's making intercession for. Whatever you're going through, I don't... Whether you, you sort of don't want to change your what, but the change that you need to see in your life, Christ is interceding for it. And guess who's listening? And guess who gets to decide whether they answer that prayer? The Father. The Father. Sorry if I kept you guys up here too long, but... Like I was saying, I have so much I want to say. Do you think... That Christ is interceding for you and God is not going to answer. That excites me. Whatever is going on in my life, whether I need salvation, whether I need deliverance, or whether I need freedom, Christ is interceding for me. Christ is interceding for me. I don't think we get that right now. Y'all are really quiet like that. God will always answer the prayer of the Son. Always. And He will do exceedingly and abundantly above all we will ever ask or think. He will blow your mind. You might be praying for 50 souls. I guarantee He'll save 200 and then you'll have all those called into the ministry or something like that. He will do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think. But can we all stand on our feet and... As I was saying, y'all can play something softly or whatever y'all feel. Uh, I'm actually done with my message. And uh, I just hope you understand today. After this altar call, I don't know if anybody's going to respond. I don't know if the whole building will respond. But there is a way that this altar and that those seats and that this carpet can be stained in tears. And it's because of the reality of the cross. And that's what I want you to get. Is your life the reality of heaven? Is it the reality of the vision and the dream of God? Ask yourself. Are you looking at the cross and are you saying, I can't? A lot of you might be thinking this is just for the lost. It's not. There's been many times that we as a group of people are too inconsistent. It's over. It's done. I'm tired of it. This is the price that was paid for your relationship and with your personal revival. And it's up to you. It's your responsibility now. But this is what I want to say. And then, Ryan, I don't know why, but when I was writing this on my message, 
you and Scott were people that jumped in my mind. I have no clue. I don't know if this has something to do with you right now, and I don't have any clue if it's something later or something in the past. But you and Scott were two people that were in my mind the moment that I heard this. Your relationship with God is as powerful as a price paid for it. Your relationship with God is as powerful as the price that was paid for it. That's how powerful it is. It ra- the price that, pay- that was paid for your relationship, it raised the dead to life. It opened the blinded eyes. It set the captives free. And there was no maybe. Every need was met immediately. There was no one who walked away from Jesus. There was no one that cried, Son of David, have mercy on me. That walked away broken. That walked away hurting. That walked away the same way as they came. And Jesus is in the room. The man that died on the cross is in the room. He's willing to embrace your sin. He's willing to embrace your mistake. He's willing to embrace every mess up. He's willing to embrace your personal opinion. Because he didn't die so that you could please the person next to you, but you, he died so he could please the Father. One more thing. And I don't know, but I just feel like declaring some of this. This was a song by Jake Hamilton. History belongs to those who pray. Your prayer life is your relationship. History is in the room. History belongs to those who pray. History belongs to the righteous. I said righteousness will prevail. Righteousness will prevail. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Forgive me, but I feel like I have to do this. Something that Karen gave me in the old building a few years ago. You're precious and of great value. You were worth every drop of blood, every whip across his back. You were on his mind. It's worth it. It's worth it. When he was carrying his cross, Simon had to help him. It's worth it. I gotta get to Calvary. I gotta get to Golgotha. I gotta do it for their redemption. I gotta do it for their deliverance. I gotta do it for their salvation. He's willing to embrace the sin. He's willing to embrace your compromise this morning. This is for you if you are lost, if you've been saved. I'm calling you, get everything else out. Will God get what He paid for with your life? Pastor Justin said this in the old building. Forgive me, I'm sorry. I just feel like I have to say this. I hope I'm not taking up too much time, Pastor. How can God release the fullness of His Spirit if we don't release the fullness of our spirit? I want every heart to be filled with the light of the knowledge of the glory of God through the face of Jesus. I want Jesus to be manifested and Jesus to be revealed. Let your glory cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I want the fullness of the glory of God. I want the fullness of His Spirit. I want everything that He has for me. And Every single thing that he ever planned about you was bought with the blood of Jesus. The only perfect man to ever walk the earth did this so you could walk in his vision and his purpose. One more thing. One more thing and I'm, I'm done. I'll pray. We can all seek the face of God.
our individual, I believe each each and every individual and congregation has a purpose and a plan for God in God's eyes because the blood purchased it. What I want to call as our Father's house, as our congregation, I want us as a body this morning to make a corporate decision that we are going to walk in our corporate vision from God's eyes that was bought with the blood of Jesus. That was bought. Listen, He didn't die so our church could be normal. He died so that we could bring revival to the nation so that a new song could arise from the mountain so that the wells of revival would be released. If you would like to know more about Our Father's House and upcoming events, log on to ourfathershouseky.org.